Hey everyone, you're listening to the Queens of Hustle podcast. In this podcast, me and my guests will be exploring fitness, culture, business, media, and everything in between. My name is Kiana and I am your host. I'm a professional pole dancer, fitness trainer, and social media manager with a background in journalism and a degree in communications. I am extremely passionate about personal development and talking to other queens about their dreams, hustle, mindset, motivation, and success, as well as valuable lessons they have learned throughout their experiences. Here is a space where we can have healthy and expansive conversations that can help you in the next step of your journey. Let's get started. Happy Wednesday. I have a very exciting episode for you today. I am chatting with the one and only Mel Lee. So this this episode was actually recorded three weeks ago, which was when I actually first met Mel. Uh, So Mel is born and raised in Glasgow, to be more specific, East Kilbride, which is right outside of Glasgow. And I'm of course based in Glasgow, but Mel has been living in England for the past few years. And right now she's actually based in Oxford where she works as an aerospace project manager, as well as a pole instructor, which we will be discussing in, uh, in this chat. So up until recording this episode, we hadn't met in person yet. However, we'd been friends on Instagram for about a year or so because we're we're in the same world and we're also both tied to Glasgow. We also both were working for the same online uh, poll teaching platform, PDA Online. So at one point we were actually colleagues for a few months. So um, about three weeks ago, she reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm visiting family. I'll be in Glasgow for about a week. Would you like to meet up for a training sesh? So I was like, hell yeah. So we organized that. We actually did um, a, a double session where we worked on some tricks and we had a few fails, which were extremely funny. And if you want to actually check those out, they're on my Instagram. But after the session, we headed to my apartment and then we recorded this episode. And it was just a really, really nice chat. So fast forward about a week afterwards, I I messaged her and I'm like, hey, I'm actually heading to London with um, three of my girlfriends. We're just having a girls weekend in London. Let me know if you're wanting to meet up at any point. So we actually end up planning to go to this cabaret show. Um, It's called uh, it's called Proud Cabaret and it was at Proud Embankment Theater. And oh my God, was it one of the best shows I have ever seen in my entire life? Like literally the talent there was just next level we were so so impressed um and then after the cabaret show mel ends up actually staying with us for the whole entire weekend so she joined in on the girls trip of course it was our invite we wanted her to stay we were like don't leave just stay with us and she did and it was just such an amazing and memorable weekend so it's actually just funny because when i'm listening back to this episode i actually had just you know met mel um but now i actually feel like you know I, I know her a lot better now. So yeah, kind of funny. So in this episode, we chat about Mel's massive passion for performing, her recent application for becoming an astronaut, and we also talk about the stigma of pole and how that can interfere with her two careers. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome, Mel Lee. Thank you so much for coming onto the pod. Thank you How's for it going? Me. 
Good, good. Uh, we just finished our katsu curry, so I'm very happy right now. And that was right <laughs> after having uh, an amazing doubles uh, practice. This was my first time ever training doubles, so Mel popped my cherry. <laughs> it was my honor, honestly. She was a natural. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to post our little vid. Yeah. The fails as well. <laughs> there were many. All right, so we're going to get started with my first question that I ask everyone when they first come onto my podcast. So what sets your soul on fire? Ooh, good question. Um, what sets my soul on fire? Well, you've just made me this amazing coffee and it's mm. really been quite great. <laughs> but I would, I would say probably I really love being on stage and performing. That mm. is like, if there's one thing that gets me going like during competitions or whatever, when I'm training and I'm like, this, I just can't be bothered anymore. I think about like, being on stage and just how electric it is like I'm such a person that feeds off of people's energy and being on stage is like the epitome of that so for me definitely being on stage and I really especially during the pandemic I've missed it so much <laughs> that was going to be my next question is how much do you miss it like yeah. you, well as, as a performer as well I miss it too so I can definitely relate to it absolutely yeah. and I feel like you would be an amazing performer <laughs> like you already have like so much like charisma and energy so I can oh, definitely see how you would like translate that on stage yeah. I like to make my performances like as fun you know it's, it's it's an entertainment at the end of the day you know like I don't really do serious performances I've done it once or twice but I much prefer being like a character on stage and like playing a role sort of thing mm -hmm. and that actually well that relates to your uh your title that you have which <laughs> is Miss Pole Dance Scotland so you won in 2018 that's right so can yeah. you can you tell us about that performance because that yeah. is like that's next level yeah well um I basically entered Miss Pole Dance Scotland it was straight out of when I'd finished university I'd exclusively competed in university level performances or competitions and I thought you know this is my first time as like a, a fully fledged pole athlete let's try and do something a bit bigger and mm -hmm. Miss Pole Dance Scotland seemed like uh, an achievable thing to do yeah I definitely didn't think that I was going to win <laughs> far from it but I really put a lot into it in terms of thinking about how I would make the routine so I really tried to play character and um, the routine I did was uh Talk Dirty to Me by Jason Derulo. Ooh. So I played into the sort of air hostess character of Oh my it. god. Where can we watch this? Please, <laughs> please. Um, I think it's on YouTube actually. Okay. You can just search Melly Miss Bonnet Scotland. It'll be on there. Okay. And I'll, I'll definitely link it to the, sh the, the show notes because I'm sure other people want to see it as well. <laughs> it was my favorite routine by far. That's sure. epic. That's epic. And then how did that feel once you actually won that title? Like just being able to say like, hi, <laughs> my name is Mel Lee and I'm Miss Pole Dance Scotland. Like, was that like almost like, like did, did that feel weird or strange to you? Yeah, it, it did feel a bit surreal. And I definitely had a bit of imposter syndrome, sort of like, oh, did I, did I win? Like, because, you know, I did X trick or that, what kind of thing, you know? Um, when I won it, actually, it was quite funny because I was working at the Edinburgh Fringe at this time. So I came back to Glasgow to compete and then I had to leave before the award ceremony because I was like, I'm working tomorrow morning. And I was like, I really want to stay, but also like I've got to work. So I left. Um, and then as I was driving back, oh, my dad was driving me back. Um, my friend FaceTimed me and I was like, why is she FaceTiming? I answered it and it was just the audience. And they were like, you've just won. What? And I was like, oh my God, thank you. 
was yeah that was crazy I, I, that's how much I really didn't expect it um, wow. so she FaceTimed me to say one name structure category I was like that's great and then two minutes later I get another FaceTime and I was like uh, she she messaged me and she was like not message she FaceTimed you she FaceTimed yeah. me again and she was like you've just won judges choice of the whole competition wow. I was like oh my god it's, it's those moments though that really define your pole career because how much like rejuvenation do you get when you win a title like that yeah like because you know how sometimes when it comes to pole and our careers you, we have ups and downs when it comes to our our fire mm-hmm. right for sure, for sure. sometimes it's a, it's a huge flame yeah. and then sometimes it could go down a little bit with for, for different reasons you for know sure. we have other parts of our lives but when you win a freaking comp Oh my lord, does that just like, you're setting the whole building on fire, you know what I mean? And after, so like, and what do you do with that fire? You put it into training for your next competition or you do it, you put it into, you know, your classes or your workshops or anything. But I feel like it's moments like that can, that can really um, define like your next step. Which yeah. it, which is then just like you know a ripple effect. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's a whole journey. Like when you from the moment you you enter a competition, it's like you're creating a piece of art, and you're really thinking about the theme you're going for, and the costume, and what kind of um, message you want to put across, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you're training all of the different tricks that maybe at the beginning you you couldn't do or didn't do do so well. Yeah. And it's a journey to make them more and more polished. So by the end of it, you've created something far more than just a competition piece. It's like you've created something that you can look back on and cherish memories of as well. So that's that is what I really value about competition training. It's not just the moment of being on stage, it's like the whole process up to that point. Um, and I really, I try to put in tricks as well that I can't do so well or ones that I want to improve because then I know like I have a deadline and I need to meet that deadline for that particular trick. Mm-hmm. So it's a good training opportunity for me as well. Yes, absolutely. And what advice do you have for anyone that's out there that really, really wants to compete? Ooh, good question. Um, I would say enter. And you don't have to have an idea before you even start. You know, just enter, get your name in there, and then just sort of let your creative juices flow. Um, I would say definitely picking the right music for your competition piece is important. If it's something you really vibe to, you'll just move to it and you'll be... You know, it's something you have to listen to maybe every day up until the competition. You know what it's like. For you sure. will get sick of that song, but just trying to prolong how long before you get sick of it is important because it's something, you know, if you feel like you can move to it, if you feel like you really connect to that music and you want to dance to it, that really improves, I think, your performance quality. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. So I wanted to actually go back to when you were a kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I know that you have a gymnastics background. Yes, I do. So can you tell us more about like that experience of becoming a gymnast and how that maybe also translated into you becoming such an epic pole dancer? <laughs> Thank you for calling me epic. Oh, no, you are more than epic. <laughs> no. Y'all should follow Mel. She's unreal. Private Instagram, no, which we're going to talk about soon, but just send that request. All right, go for, for it. Kind. Go for it. Um, yes, yeah, so I started gymnastics very young. I think I was maybe about eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did acrobatic gymnastics, which is basically where you're climbing on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we trained very hard. Um, I was actually hoping to be part of like the British squad. 
um, which was basically like you're, you're representing the UK. So we, we trained very hard and it taught me a lot of things about, you know, being really disciplined in my training, perseverance. Um, it kind of almost took over my life to an extent. So um, I would be training sort of four or five times a week. They regulated, you know, what I was, not what I was eating, but we were weighed and whatnot. So there, there were positives to it, but also it was very intense for a child. Um, and I ended up injuring myself quite a few times just because I was pushed a bit much. And I think now that's really translated into my training now because I'm much more cautious about what I put my body through because I know what it's like to be injured mm. and how long it takes to recover from that. Right. Um, so from my gymnastics training, I obviously took like the the principles of flexibility um, and strength but maybe not so much strength because I was actually the flyer I was a person doing all the somersaults and stuff and being caught by people Um, okay okay because you were in a you were in a team dynamic when you performed yeah okay yeah gotcha Um, I was dropped a few times and one of the reasons that I injured myself the the reason that I actually um, ended up quitting gymnastics was because I was dropped by someone and so I tend not to do too much like sort of pole doubles or whatnot so we did some doubles today so I trust you that's a big statement from me you even trust me when I've never done doubles before wow I love that it was fun it was really fun it was fun it was fun yeah Uh, going back to gymnastics again um how is how else is that translated so yeah obviously the flexibility elements is translated into my training today and the discipline and the way that I also instruct as, as a teacher now yes yes um the coaching at gymnastics was very very strict it was like you had to do things in a specific way and mm-hmm. um obviously gymnastics is an olympic discipline so there's very strict rules that they would follow and i think that that has definitely influenced the way that i teach now yeah um, not i'm not like a really mean shouting instructor but i really love to look for the detail in my students and i really think that pointing out the small things that kind of add up to make something much bigger is is a really helpful way to be an instructor rather than just to sort of let people do things but not do them right for sure for sure because it's super technical poll yeah so being able to pay attention to that detail is so important as an instructor because that's how you're going to make your students improve for sure so that's a really good skill to have for sure and what about pole and aerial? How did you get into that? Um, so I got into pole and aerial at um, Imperial when I was studying at university. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a hybrid of a dare <laughs> where mm-hmm. we saw someone at Freshers Fair who was performing on the pole. And it was actually, it was mesmerizing. Like seeing uh, this person dancing, it was like removing all of the stigmas I'd had. So I grew up very religious. Um, wow. I went to an all-girls Catholic school. And um, it, you know, the, to do pole dancing would have been unthinkable back then. So this was like sort of me like fleeing from the nest and trying new things. And I saw this person doing pole dancing and I was like, I, I kind of want to try that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite brave enough to go to a class. I signed up, but I didn't go to the class at first because I was just a bit like, oh, I don't know whether I should do this. And then, you know, it was kind of like a dare with me and my friend. We were like, let's just, let's just try it. You try it, I'll try it. Kind okay, of so you went together. We Eventually went together. you went together. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I was quite quite rubbish in my first class I'm not going to lie <laughs> I was really bad aren't we all though yeah yeah well, come on like who's gonna really start pole and be good at it like that's true it's that's one of those true. things that it just takes time it does yeah it does. but you know like I could see what I wanted to do with it and like I was really like from my gymnastics background I guess really wanting to work hard for it mm-hmm. and um yeah I was hooked it was just 
from class number one, really. <laughs> and then how did you become the head girl at the uh, Poland Aerial Society oh, at, yeah. at Imperial? Yeah, yeah. so um, so we called it the president. It was like a society. Okay. Um, basically, you, you, you have like any, like an AGM, an annual general meeting, and you put forward your manifesto about why you want to become that position. Yeah. And um, I was really passionate about bringing or making pole more recognized within the university seen as a sport um because beforehand it was recognized as like a sort of recreational dance yes. and i was like look we are we are literally contorting our bodies around a pole um we need to have a the facilities and the support to be able to you know grow our society and support our students um, preach exactly thank you <laughs> so i was really campaigning very hard for that and that was the one thing that i um, really stuck out when I was president there and I think it's the reason why I was voted to become the president because it was something I was so passionate about mm. um, and then I know that you actually sent an application but it got denied by um, yeah. Sports England yeah or... so um, you could as part of like the imperial scholarship scheme um, you can apply for several scholarships and one of them was sport sports scholarships um, and I applied to get funding and um, it was quite a long process um, you had to do several pages of paperwork you had to get references you had to prove you had to send in videos of what it was that you were doing um, so a long process and they basically just rejected me on the spot like mm -hmm. the day after I sent the application clearly hadn't even read it and they, they were just like you know sorry but pole dancing is not recognized as a sport so we can't we can't really consider your application and mm. that was really quite disappointing for me for sure um, because you know we dedicate as much time into our into our sport as any other athlete would um and it's frustrating when you don't get recognized in the same way mm -hmm. um so that was disappointing but um by the end of the time when i was president we weren't recognized um as a sport in terms of funding but we were included in all of sort of like the meetings and slowly i think we will become more integrated um within that sort of scene hopefully. what about right now is it still the same status it's the same status. nothing has changed even like you know what, what five years later or no because it really it, it's more it's less at university scale and um, pole will have to be recognized sort of like as a sport by sport england mm. um actually i'm not sure if it's recognized now as a sport but mm. um certainly when i was a student it we weren't recognized okay. as a sport and that's why they couldn't give me any funding yeah yeah and not just me any anyone in the society yeah, so, yeah. and do you do you um really recommend or strongly recommend someone joining the pole society if uh, if they have the chance to because i just had uh cutie whippingham on my yeah. on my podcast and she was just like raving about that experiencing it was like the best thing ever yeah. so do you agree with that for sure for sure yeah. i think the the one thing that i take out of going to university is not my degree is discovering pole dancing wow. <laughs> and the network and the community it's just it, it was such a supportive network um it's it, like when else are you going to really get thrown into a place where you know everyone is so just like a, a community where you're all kind of you're all lost you've all just moved from home yeah. and you're all just like let's just try something completely different we have something called IUPDC which is the inter-university pole dancing competition yes or championship as it is now um, and I'm actually on the committee for that so oh. I yeah, <laughs> I competed in it um as a student and then when I left they asked me to be on the committee and we basically bring together 50 universities wow across the UK um and it's a massive competition basically but it's 
not really it's a friendly competition because everyone is so supportive you know yeah. everyone cheers for each other and you make connections and networking and um, just the other day I was in Edinburgh and I met Callum Stevens who yes I, I met him through IUPDC oh okay so all of these That's, small connections you he's know amazing you're yes. amazing come on, <laughs> come on the podcast bro yes. <laughs> but yeah yeah no um I could definitely feel that when you are part of a pole society I feel like that can really shape the person that you become and that's why I, like I said in my last episode I am really jealous of you UK people because um well I'm not saying that it's uh, non-existent in North America I'm just judging my own university experience yeah. I did not have a pole society maybe I could have made one but I just never even knew that that was even a possibility oh, yeah. because those two worlds are just so incredibly separate mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. That they're just two complete different entities so yeah. it's just it's so so interesting so speaking of pole I wanted to actually talk about your job as a pole instructor mm-hmm. and how it actually um, conflicts a lot with your other job working as an aerospace manager mm-hmm. so can we actually just talk about that that tension yeah. and how um, the the pole stigma can mm-hmm. really become an issue for you progressing in your job mm-hmm. or in mm-hmm. your in your in your aerospace field yeah yeah it is it's a difficult balance for sure mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people well a lot of people that I know personally struggle with striking the balance between um, letting their colleagues and stuff know that they're a pole dancer versus you know just keeping it a complete secret um, for me personally I've been quite lucky I've not met anyone at my job who's been overtly problematic about it and yeah. has made an issue about it um, but I think that's because of my approach to how, how I talk about pole dancing so I try not to keep it a secret at work as best I can um, I'm quite open about the fact that I do do pole dancing and that just kind of means that it's not seen as something shady it's not something that I'm ashamed of mm. you know I'm just like yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pole dancer I'm a pole dancing instructor and to be honest most of the time like I get a very positive response from it you know people are like oh you know I know x this person that person that does it, it looks really hard you must be yeah. really strong um, because you know pole dancing now is becoming so popular more often than not you'll speak to someone who doesn't do pole dancing but they'll know someone who does do pole yes. dancing in their network mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um yeah i would i would definitely say not being um shady about it i guess is, is a good way to go about it however i do understand that in some workplaces they're not as understanding and um the way i have approached it in those situations where i just feel like maybe maybe they will take it the wrong way or sort of judge me um, unprofessionally. I will say something like, I, I do circus arts. Mm. And because I do, you know, I, I also do flying trapeze as well. Um, but and, and most pole dancers will also do some sort of pole or hoop or whatever. So you can just say you do circus arts. And then if they ask, you can sort of delve into it more. But also like, they're not entitled to know about what you do. You know, mm. you're not going to dig into what their lifestyles are like. So, you know, if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, then don't. Yeah. But it, I, I personally found that talking to people about it, for me personally, has been beneficial because I didn't have to hide anything. That's really yeah. good to know. And um, do you have any, like, advice to anyone that might be struggling mm. with this whole, you know, dual life yeah. struggle? Or... Yeah, yeah. Um... <sighs> It's, it, it's definitely 
difficult because as pole dancers we are very I don't want to say this word because it's but I'm going to say it anyway we're very woke yeah. <laughs> take it from Uncle yeah. Roger oh my god by the way just so you know um Melly was on I don't know why I just said your full name but Mel was on uh Uncle Roger's podcast Rise to Meet You mm-hmm. and uh, they speak a lot about being woke so if ever you're wanting to hear Mel again but with another host check out that episode yeah. anyways continue but that's why we laughed a lot we're not, we're not laughing at being woke we're both fucking woke sorry <laughs> didn't mean to swear we're both woke af yes we are <laughs> anyways keep um, going keep going I think what I was trying to say was pole dancers generally we it's almost like we're in this bubble and sometimes it can be a bit of an echo chamber where we're like yeah like pro-feminism like you be who you want to be don't care about anyone else but as soon as you kind of step out of that bubble in the corporate world it's like oh hang on not everyone has the same mindset as me and sometimes I can understand if you don't want to talk about it because you just don't want the burden of people asking questions and it's you know it's a lot for you to take on so I can understand if people want to take it more privately mm-hmm. um, I guess the advice would be you know if you are going to talk about it in the workplace be patient and be willing to explain what it is that you do and also don't be offended if people don't um, take it as you would like them to because mm-hmm. at the end of the day like you're not there to to educate them like there's so many resources on the internet and this is the same for like many many topical um, issues right now but if you know it's not a reflection of you what they think mm-hmm. you know everyone has their own opinion of you anyway yeah um, and if they do take it negatively um you know you can always you know report it or whatnot if it, if it becomes something serious um which I have done on one occasion. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's insane. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about your application that you just submitted um, because you are applying to become an astronaut. Yes. (laughs) I don't know another human being within all my travels that has done this. So this is huge news. Can you tell us about this application process, how it went for you, Mm. if you also had to maybe be a bit more secretive about your pole dancer, uh, your, your pole dancing career. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, um, just a disclaimer, I have never been the type of person or the child when I was growing up thinking I was going to be an astronaut. Like I didn't grow up looking at the stars and be like, one day I want to go up there. Mm. It just, it was kind of quite lucky, I guess, what has happened. So I studied chemical engineering. Um, so I already had a very technical background. And then I went into aerospace project management. So I'm working in that industry anyway. And um, so it's the European Space Agency. They're the European equivalent of NASA who have made this call out for astronauts. Um, and it's a very rare opportunity. Um, they only have recruited every sort of decade or so. So when they opened up recruitment this time around, I was like, well, it's sort of now or never. This is a good time to apply because I don't have any sort of long-term commitments, mm-hmm. no children or relationships or whatnot like that. So I thought, why not give it a go and see? Yeah. Um, uh, in the application, I did talk about pole dancing. Mm. Um, I actually called it pole fitness, which, you know, it was a bit controversial where you call it pole dancing or pole fitness. But I thought, you know, just to give myself the best impression that I can, it is better not to kind of, you know, talk about things that are too... Yes, I I, Um, I understand, girl. Like I understand. Yeah, it's It's, not to say we're not proud of it. It's just not everyone has the same outlook as we do, um, for sure. 
So um, I put it in my application because it is such a big part of my life, you know. Um, it's taught me a lot about, you know, discipline and being around other people of different communication styles and physical abilities. Being an astronaut requires you to have great spatial awareness. And I was like, yo, great. Like, I'm always spinning in the air. <laughs> I have great Nothing spatial new. awareness. Yeah, I can tell my left and my right upside down. And not a lot of people can do that, let no. me tell you. <laughs> so... Oh, Definitely put that in my application. Um, the one thing I did do though, and I thought long and hard about this, was I made my Instagram private. Mm. Um, because when you become an astronaut, you you are an ambassador for the human race, is what they say, and you're also an ambassador for children to inspire the next generation. And not to say that being a pole dancer won't inspire young children, mm -hmm. it's just that their image, their perception of what they think would inspire a child might not be a pole dancer. Mm -hmm. And um, basically I've made it private just to make it, to see how far I get in the process. Yes. To make sure that it's not because of my pole dancing that they don't select me. Um, and they're, they're selecting me on my other merits, if that makes sense. I understand, um, absolutely. It's always a bit of a, I, like, I totally, totally get it, man. Like, for, just for an example, my father, who I'm so close to, um, and I miss him so dearly, he recently, in the last year, became a Jehovah's Witness. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I go home, I'm definitely going to, like, I, I think he wants to bring me to, like, you know, one of his gatherings or whatever. And when I go, I probably will just call myself a fitness trainer. Yeah. When I meet his other, his his his, yeah. his friends or the people in his community, I'll yeah. just say, yeah, I, I'm Kiana and I'm a fitness trainer. I probably won't talk about pole. I'll just yeah. erase that part just because I just don't want to get into it. Yeah. And I don't feel like getting into yeah. it. Yeah. So it, it's it's something that I'm guilty for as well. But I don't even wanna, I don't want to use the word the word guilty. It's more just sometimes I can't be honest having to explain myself so i'll just use a word that that people or a term that people will accept like a fitness mm -hmm. trainer is just socially acceptable for where, sure because it's, i'm not lying yeah i teach fitness yeah <laughs> so you, you know what i mean so yeah. i i totally get how there is that that tension um but in like you know on my my online presence is very mm -hmm. much pro pole yeah um and i definitely identify as a pole dancer yeah. but there's just some moments where i just feel like I can't be arsed. Yeah. So, yeah, um, sure. yeah we're, we're on that same wavelength. Absolutely. No, I understand completely. I'm just Absolutely. curious to know, like, would you ever just choose one of these jobs or do you think it's always going to be this dual life forever? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I mean, this, this podcast is called Queen of Hustle, right? So you want to have as many hustles as you can. So it is quite nice to have a desk job that I can focus on and sit down at and not have to use my body for and then switch off from that completely and do something different. Yeah. I do like that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Having said that though, it can be quite exhausting sort of switching between the two because I don't really have much downtime. Yes, um, I can imagine. I yeah. can imagine. <laughs> um, if I was to pick one, it, like for example, if I was to do sort of pole full time and fitness full time, I think I would always like to have something on the side just to kind of ground myself with because I mean in my day job I'm a project manager I love scheduling I love being organized so um, having something to sort of balance that more erratic lifestyle where I'm kind of up and moving around with something a bit more balanced you know sitting down at a computer I would like that kind of 
balance, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. I also do love having my, my two jobs, like one as a social media manager mm-hmm. and then where I'm working more, you know, on my laptop and stuff like that. And yeah. then also doing my teaching. I don't think I'd be able to teach full time. No, I don't think my body would be able to handle it, to be honest. That's me personally. Yeah. So I, you don't I give totally... the best quality for your students either when you're just exhausted and, you know, always moving. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I really agree with that. Do you aspire to maybe one day being a, like a full-time pole dancer? I mean, that's always the dream, isn't it? <laughs> I would absolutely love to. Um, like at the end of the day, like pole really is my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do hope that sometime in the near future that I will take a sabbatical mm-hmm. um, when, you know, I'm financially able to do so. Yeah. Um, I would love, I mean, during lockdown, it's given us this amazing opportunity to train with so many people ac- across the globe. And you and I both teach for PDA online. So we've made connections literally across continents. Yeah. So it's be, really cool. It, yeah. It's really amazing. Cool. And yeah. I'd love to harness on those networks and those opportunities now, yeah. to maybe travel and teach a bit and just, you know, see how far my body will be able to take me because mm. I haven't really felt like I've reached my maximum potential yet just because, you know, I do have to balance it with my, my job. Yeah. I don't have all the time in the world to dedicate um, to my to to pull yeah. um, about I would really love to. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that you teach, you also compete and you also judge so you actually judged the ipsf which stands for international pole sports federation competition this was what two years ago so um ips so i trained as a judge actually only just this year oh so it's quite um uh, a long process so basically what happens the ipsf is sort of the governing body for pole worldwide Mm. and they're the ones that are pushing for pole to become an olympic sport gotcha um so when you become an ipsf judge it it's a very quite a long training and um, so it's a minimum of two days of full-on sort of eight hours and you're sitting and learning all the different ways to judge so there's four different types of judge and um, if you like for example if the olympics is on right now and um, it's a similar style where you have like a long panel of judges and you're all looking for different things mm, um, okay yeah so interesting what are the four different types of judge so you have um the first one is a compulsory judge so when you compete in ipsf you have to have um certain number of elements or moves in your routine and the mm-hmm. compulsory judge is making sure you do all of those elements making sure you do them in the right order as well and you execute them perfectly and i mean perfectly if you have anything that's wrong with them they will not award you that that element wow. it's very strict Ooh, so okay gotcha ipsf some people don't agree with it because it's so structured and what so many people love at pole is the fact that it's you know what you make of it you know not everyone has to be doing the same moves and you know you kind of flow with it whereas ipsf they want to make it an olympic sport where it's very much like black and white yes there's no room for um objectivity um because that's the same in the other olympic sports as well so right. that's the the role of compulsories yeah and then you have um you have your technical deductions so that's a judge who basically every time you do something wrong um that can be anything from a little slip or a stumble to a complete fall to touching your your costume or whatnot um they will deduct wow a hawk eye <laughs> you have um someone who will judge art and choreo so you know it is a performance at the end of the day so you want to be able to see um that you're telling a story and the final judge is the technical bonus so this judge will look for any additional flares that you can put in um so if you link 
some elements together, some certain spins, um, then you can get extra points on top of what you already have. Um, so, and that's also how gymnastics and trampolining is structured as well. That's so, so interesting. Wow. And do you think that you'll ever go back to competing in IPSF? Um, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Um, I would really love to, but I love the creativity when it comes to creating routines and having a bit of fun. And uh, not that you can't have fun with the IPSF routines. Um, it just takes away some of the flexibility um, in your when you create a piece. Yeah. Um, you have to be very much balanced between strength and flexibility moves. And I am very much, much more of a flexibility pole dancer if you follow my Instagram. <laughs> not true. She's strong F. She's strong. Very, very strong. Yeah. Well. You, are, you have to be strong to get into moves, I suppose. You're, um, yeah, you're, you're very strong. But yeah. <laughs> don't downplay here. We don't downplay. If anything, we build each other up. Yeah, oh, But yeah, you. you're very strong. All right, keep going. Yeah, so um, I don't know. The, the level with IPSF now is just growing and growing and growing. And you know what it's like. Like competitions now, the standard can be so high. Mm -hmm. um, and you sometimes you get to a certain level in pole. I think you discussed this with Dan as well, yeah. where like competitions they they don't represent the same thing anymore like you when you I was a younger pole dancer um I competed just to see how far I could get and um because I wasn't quite sure about you know what alleyway I wanted to go in whereas now I feel a bit more certain and I don't really need competitions to sort of verify or, or validate me as a pole dancer yeah that makes sense it has evolved absolutely for sure for sure and now i wanted to actually talk about one of the platforms that you use in mm -hmm. order to um you know provide tutorials and stuff and that is buymeacoffee.com yeah so it's kind of like patreon in a way right yeah yeah so i'd like to know more about it just because i i, I know that you and carolina hades who will be also coming on the podcast oh, we, we, we've discussed it so <laughs> that's for sure all right but um she is also also on um, buymeacoffee.com mm -hmm. and uh, so I've seen it you know on my feed and I'm just curious to know like what is it really about and um, yeah. how do people like are they actually buying you coffees or <laughs> tell me how it works yes yeah, sure so it is it's like a, a subscription based um, service like patreon um, I like buy me a coffee because it's a bit more informal you can go on the page and if you like you know the artist you can just support them by uh, buying them a coffee it's not a literal coffee it's just sort of the gesture so you donate five pounds or three pounds or however much the person sets on the page so okay. yeah please do buy me a coffee if you like what you're listening to amazing yeah, <laughs> we'll, definitely, we'll definitely link that in the show notes and uh, so if someone goes on your um, buymeacoffee.com page yeah. what will they see um, so they'll see um, a, a sort of tutorials that I've posted online and you can either buy sort of like a monthly subscription where you get access to all of the recordings that month or you can sort of buy them on an individual basis. Got um, it. That's so good to know because I'm, I'm definitely wanting to delve back into my into the online sphere. I'm not going to lie, lockdown and um, the pandemic definitely had an effect on my mm. passion for teaching online but now that i am getting you know back to normal i'm i'm definitely interested in going back to the the online sphere so that that is really really good to know yeah. and do you recommend that for other instructors or other artists yeah i really do especially okay. because you don't pay anything for that service you only pay and it's a small percentage of anything that you earn Gotcha. Okay. So it's okay. great if you're just starting out and you don't have a big budget, you don't want to spend something or spend money on something you don't know if it's going to be successful or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And can you actually uh, tell us now, like, 
maybe more outside of work, what is it that you, that you're into? Because we, we now know the <laughs> professional Mel, but I, I want to know like, what is it that you do for fun? Like, is, we want to get Ooh. to know Melly outside of work. <laughs> is there a Melly outside of work? I basically pole dance and work. <laughs> There's little time in between. Um, but what I, one thing I have picked up over the past two years is flying trapeze, which I really love. And flying trapeze is basically um, this is a trapeze, which involves normally two people. One person is the flyer, one person is the catcher. And the, the aim of it is you kind of swing together in, in like a pendulum and you meet at the peak mm. and sort of let go of one trapeze and catch onto your catcher. Um, Sounds nuts. I've never tried it. I've never tried it, but it looks like so much fun. It is. It's it like is. a step down from skydiving. I mean, <laughs> not as high, but yeah, sometimes it feels like that when I'm in the air. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Such an adrenaline rush. For though. sure, for sure. Oh, okay. And where do you do your flying trapeze? I do that in Oxford. Our school is called High Fly Trapeze. Um, and we actually get a lot of pole dancers that come along. For sure. Um, because, you know, we do have that aerial awareness and mm-hmm. we do like to push our bodies. Um, it is is different, of course, from pole because you're, there's a lot more airtime involved but I do find that pole dancers are very good at it because we just have that inherent understanding of how our bodies are meant to spin mm-hmm. and we're, we also have strong shoulders and lats which yeah. must help as well that definitely does help I'm holding on to that bar yeah for sure for sure <laughs> awesome awesome and I wanted to also ask about like what ways do or what uh, tricks and tools do you have to stay motivated when it comes to everything. Because mm-hmm. as you know, being a queen of hustle, th- there's no way of being a queen of hustle if you're not motivated, right? Sure. So yeah. are there any tools that you can share with the audience of, of how yeah. you stay grounded, centered, aligned, and ready to go and kick ass? Yeah, um, that's a good question. And I definitely am one, I'm very guilty of burning out because mm-hmm. I've signed up for too many things. Okay. And especially over lockdown as well. Um, one thing that I've learned really is important is just taking some downtime for myself and saying no when things get too much. Yes. Um, I do feel sometimes, you know, you're letting other people down when you decline plans or invitations or whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, you really need to look after yourself and your body first and foremost. Um, things like um, do not neglect your rest days. Um, see a good physiotherapist. Oh, wow. <laughs> very, very important. <laughs> if you have something, you know, an injury or something, don't let it build up see someone as soon as possible and it can be you know on a regular basis if you just want to keep in good shape um i think pole dancers we don't it's almost like we not that we don't see ourselves as athletes but not as traditional athletes like for rugby players or whatnot they they will see physios very very often Mm -hmm. whereas um with pole dancers i've not really seen that same sort of culture when it comes to rehab Mm. and perhaps some you become more professional but it it doesn't matter like what we put our bodies through from day one is difficult Mm -hmm. and if there's niggles if you're being injured frequently or whatnot then you should be seeing a professional about it for sure and being doing constant rehabilitation exercises to support your body mm. you make me feel so irresponsible <laughs> no, no, Train I'm, both sides. Uh, no I'm, I'm joking I, I i just i'm guilty for it as well i don't mm. see a physio as much as i should mind you though lately i have um not really had a, like like a lot of injuries um one of the most recent things was like was a little niggle in my back and yeah. i did go get a professional massage great shout out to jen cardigan so i <laughs> that actually that i did do that um and uh, but to be honest i i don't do it enough so that's really good that you're yeah. you're bringing light to that because we do need to take care, care of our bodies especially if 
we're here for longevity. Yeah, we want to be doing this stuff forever. You for know sure. what I mean? So ever and ever. But I I do understand that physios can be expensive, so I don't want to make it you know exclusive to only people that can afford it there are like instagram pages that you can follow to kind of understand what you're putting your body through and some certain exercises to help your training so mm-hmm. i'd really recommend people like cirque physio oh. she posts quite a lot of things on her page and um, just follow through and if you feel like there's something on there you can add to your routine then you know go for it because yes. you can never do too much <laughs> i follow her as well so yeah. i'll also link that in the show notes uh, lastly, I wanted to know what is next for you. So we've we've spoken about your your um, growing pole career. Mm-hmm. We've talked about your most recent astronaut application. Your thriving career as an aerospace manager. What is next for you? Oh gosh, that is a big question, and it's a question I've been asking myself quite a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, um, lockdown has really given me time to reflect about what it is that I want to do. Um, I have had a very structured life up until this point. So I kind of went through school, went through high school, got my grades, went to university, got my graduate job. And suddenly for the first time in my life, I'm like, I don't know what to do next, you know? Okay. And, um, you know, I've spoken to my parents about it and they, they are very Asian in their mindset. And they're like, well, of course you'll get another job, you know? And part of me is like, well, I don't know if like a, a standard corporate job is really what I want to do next. It's like, that's not what sets my soul on fire. And I really do think that you should do whatever makes you happy. You know, it doesn't have to earn the most money. Mm. And um, for me, for the moment, like I really, I've been doing pole for a long time now. So um, I know that if I, if it became a full-time thing for me, yeah. it's not something that I do on a whim. It's something I've been thinking about for a while now. Yeah. Um, and I'm not jumping into sort of the deep end. I've started already making those connections and building up a student database um, and like looking after my body like we've discussed about. So um, long story short, I would like to sort of branch more into the sort of performing world of pole um, and seeing where that could take me. Mm. I, I do love teaching. Um, don't get me wrong, I do. But like I said at the beginning, performing is really what sets my soul on fire. Amen, sis. <laughs> Amen. I absolutely love performing. There's nothing like it. Yeah. You yeah. are on like literally cloud nine after you get off stage. Yeah. And that feeling I feel like cannot be replaced by anything. Not even three coffees. No. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming onto the pod. Honestly, like you are just such a bright light. Can you just let the audience know where they can find you for sure yeah so you can find me on instagram and um, it's at melee m-e-l-e-e dot x um, you can find me on buy me a coffee um, as well and i also have uh, a website coming up which um i'm sure kiana will drop it a link when it is live it's a tbc in progress at the moment <laughs> but it will be put together very soon <laughs> so just watch this space exactly. thank you melly thank oh, you very Mel. much <laughs> <laughs> sorry i i've been wanting to just call her melly the whole day <laughs> i will get out of that uh, habit sorry Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Queens of Hustle podcast. As this is a passion project that I'm doing all by myself in my free time, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app or on Spotify. Feel free to share this episode on your social media or send it to someone you know who'd benefit from listening to this. Have an amazing day or night wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time.